0: I'll just give a little extra time for Brian because he's slow. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. This is the Site Pen podcast for developers who can't JavaScript good and want to learn to do other things good too. This is episode 19. We have a special guest and a regular guest and the full crew. So let's start with the just regular guest, Brian Forbes. Hello. Hi and let's go to neil roberts
1: i'm just happy to be here
0: and nick hoi. and paul shannon howdy and i'm tori rice but no one cares because we have a guest a special one um sean larkin yeah. oh hey hey how you doing good you i am doing swell um So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and how much you owe us that we were going to forgive your debt if you came on our show.
2: (laughs) Okay, so my name is Sean Larkin. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. I work for Mutual of Omaha Insurance Company, and I am a core maintainer for Webpack and on the uh, Angular CLI core team. So besides being a... A, a UX developer at Mutual of Omaha i spend the rest of my hours when not managing family and animals uh working on webpack and and also angular cli on the side
0: that's pretty sweet
1: what sort of uh, animals you're also what sort of animals do you have
2: well i have uh i have 14 chickens and wow. a dog and a gypsy cat as well
0: and, and a six-month-old
2: son, but he's not an animal.
0: Not but. gonna make it. In, well, he is the animal. <laughs> oh great! Are you one of those people? Ugh. Technically, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So you know, Brian uh, here. Oh man. Sean was also
3: um, one of the speakers at Nebraska JavaScript Conference last month.
0: That's true. Yeah, and he was. Why didn't he get an interview that day? Because he wanted to Brian come on the show. The ball. And do, yeah. Yeah. Was was say, Brian. Or was it Brian? <laughs>
1: I'm a good scapegoat. Go for
0: that. Yeah. It's scapegoat. Yeah, he's the only animal I own. He's a sacrificial scapegoat. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's good to have you here. Uh, we're going to talk some stuff in a minute, but first I need to tell everyone about my latest injury update because that seems to be all I do is complain about things that I get hurt on. And I was actually worried that I was going to be able to do this today because this morning, after dropping my son off at school, I walked at our garage, set his basketball down, stood up and caught a cardboard box into my left eye. And not just like, Kind of into my eye, like straight onto my eyeball as I stood up. Um, It wasn't pretty, but I didn't see it. So I don't know how bad it was because I really couldn't see. Um, Now I just have a big red spot in my eye um, and I'm wearing glasses now. That's horrible. Um, I (laughs) wear glasses normally, but my contact got ripped out. That's all I have to say. This has nothing to do with anything else.
4: Since you work from home, do you have to
0: file file an OSHA complaint now? Or how does that work? I think workman's comp. Yeah, I think. I think that's it. But I think you'd have to prove you actually provide value or do anything at work normally that you, that like, there's a missing out thing going on.
4: You're, you're our anchor here, Kip Tori.
0: We would have missed out without <laughs> that's you. That's true. I, I do tie you down. Um, <laughs>
4: that's way of looking at it. <laughs>
0: that's all I had to say. Like I really, this has nothing to do with anything. It's just, I felt that the listeners needed to know because last year I broke my finger and complained every day, hurt my, you know, I just, I just felt like I'd start wasting Sean's time that way. Um, but no, this is go good. I like it. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, great! He likes that I got injured. He'd fit right in here at SitePen. <laughs> um, Love the story. I mean, but you know. <laughs> oh man. So, who has things I want to talk about with regards to Webpack and Angular and those things?
1: I bet Sean has nothing to say.
0: No, <laughs> I don't think he does either. That's why I asked you guys. I'm just. I don't really know what to say.
2: Well, I mean, feel free to ask any open-ended questions, and I could ramble for a lot of time or, uh, yeah, for whatnot. Um, I can give a lowdown on what Webpack is or uh, how it's changed and influenced the Angular CLI and the Angular community or just the web community as a whole.
0: Yeah, let's go with that, because I was actually hoping one of these technical people um, and I claim not to be uh, would have asked you know the the generic question of just like why don't you tell us what Webpack is and why it hates trees and likes to shake them or things like that but no um, they didn't do that because they once again dropped the ball so yeah, why don't you tell us why don't you tell <laughs> us good, what uh that's
4: a good place to start Tori right before ball? we ask is, is like it? yeah yeah before we ask like why do we need another bundler hasn't this already been solved
0: are you basically right now saying like you were like a me to to ask like the stupid answer. Like, or ask a stupid question, like, I'm asking for my friend.
2: You're you're our anchor, Tori.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, why don't you start with what Webpack is?
2: All right, so, like kind of what you guys alluded to, Webpack is a, a bundler. And for those who don't know what a bundler is, uh, the whole concept is that, um, let's say, just rewind web development to about two years ago. Uh, the traditional way to include your JavaScript, your images, any of your files or resources on a page is to include them in script tags on your HTML. Um, It's not the only way, but uh, probably the primary way that people were doing it. so We
1: don't don't know about
2: that because we use Dojo. Sure, of course. (laughs) Well, the problem that comes with this is that by including uh, an extreme amount of script tags on your web page, Comes with the overhead of a single request per each resource, and so a lot of times people would be including large libraries like Lodash or Moment or I don't know how Dojo is structured or MooTools, um, etc. That um, can can block a page's rendering process. On or or seven placed. or
0: eight uh, jQuery plugins. Exactly, <laughs> or seven or eight different versions of jQuery for you right know, with with their own. Plugins, because they all depended on different ones. Yeah.
2: Et cetera. yeah. And so it, it's not only the mess of you're using a whole bunch of code you're not actually needing. And then, two also, uh, HTTP 1, or the current uh, HTTP protocol, is kind of like a train. And so when it does a request, uh, the startup and the stop is actually pretty slow. But when it gets going, it's extremely fast. And so... Um, the best optimization is to actually limit a initial page render to about four to six requests. And so that is probably the limit that each browser can concurrently send. And so you're optimizing the amount of parallel requests, but then fetching bundles of code. So you might have larger assets, but they're being downloaded faster and with less blocking and runtime. So Webpack solves this by being able to create these bundles for you out of all of your assets. And, you know, you'll hear me say assets a lot and not just JavaScript or images because Webpack treats everything in your web project as a module. Um, And then it uses a series of dependencies or how, let's say, require statements or imports or even things that are as simple as a, um, an image tag inside of an HTML file or template. And traverses through all of your code and only bundles up what's needed and packages it into one or two or three scripts.
0: So it'll take all of those jQuery uh, plugins and just make them into one. Like well, one only file.
2: the ones that you need. But yes, exactly.
3: What does it, it do, do with images? Does it does it inline those in in something or sure. in the
2: scripts? Yeah, so that's the beautiful part about Webpack is that it makes no assumptions about a specific resource type, and that um, so Java or Webpack only knows JavaScript. It only understands JavaScript um, modules, and so essentially, you use a series of, I guess, if you come from like Browserify transforms, that convert a, a request or a resource like an image into specific functionality that uh, Webpack will understand. So like for example, loaders will take and convert an image either to Inline base64 or what it will do is it will simply spit it out into uh, your I guess your build folder and uh, automatically create a URL for the request.
3: Nice. Okay. And that's something that's pretty unique that Webpack does, right? So does that kind of, um, I guess, lock you into Webpack? Because there's no real standard way to load non-JavaScript resources as a module. Is that right? Wait,
0: are you saying that even though Webpack solved this problem beautifully, as I'm hearing it now, that there are actually other things that do the exact same thing but different in JavaScript? Um, So I know common, common pattern.
2: Well, in fact, I mean, so I'm biased when I say this, um, other people might feel, you know, differently, but well,
0: uh, they're not here and you are. So (laughs) what you say is true.
2: (laughs) Webpack stands alone in what is capable and what it allows you to do. And so you're locked in, in the sense that nobody's been able to implement the entire feature set that Webpack brings to the table. Um, But for example, there's other bundlers or tools. So like Browserify can do similar things. Like a lot of Webpack's code was initially developed based on the fundamentals of Browserify um, and built off of it, made more modular and made more flexible, less opinionated. Um, And there's other tools out there like Rollup, which are designed to instead, uh, specifically for ES6 JavaScript, to only include the assets that they're using, but bundle it into one module, whereas Webpack is a bundle of multiple modules if you ever look inside the script. Um, but each of those other tools uh, have limitations or, I guess, a ceiling in terms of what can be implemented because of you know the code structure, the code base, the feature set. Um, and so I guess the short answer would be Yes, you're locked in, but only because nothing else better has come out of it. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't be concerned. One, because as long as I'm continuing to maintain Webpack, it's not going anywhere. And uh, I know JavaScript moves fast. Uh, if anything happens, we're, uh, I'm going to work with multiple people um, in the near future to help develop a preloader spec that imitates something like the web loader spec uh, that can kind of describe to the browser statically and dynamically how to apply transforms in kind of a universal way. So then, you know, people who use Webpack, maybe in the future you're not. You're just, uh, you're using something that uses this preload spec.
4: So by locked in, by locked in, do you mean you're just locked in at the builder step, or do you actually have to write your JavaScript differently to take advantage of Webpack?
1: Well, I can I can actually talk about that uh, because at first, when I when I first read the Webpack docs, uh, that was something that that uh, confused me because they told me when I had to re- uh, require things, I had to make sure that I had the the uh, loaders in there, and loaders are somewhat similar to AMD plugins. And so I had to use this like, plug-in-like syntax that I was kind of used, used to from AMD, but I didn't really want to lock the, the customer that I'm working with. I didn't want to lock them into Webpack if they wanted to change it later. Um, and what I was able to find was that uh, using uh, plugins, uh, the context Replace pl- plugin mostly, I was able to write my JavaScript like I normally would uh, and use some dynamic requires. But then uh, at the build step... I was able to swap out the requires that were actually being called, uh, the module IDs, uh, with the ones with correct uh, loaders. So, what I what I liked about Webpack, um, and this is a testament to to it, was that uh, I was able to write my JavaScript as if I was just writing modules and not have to worry about uh, putting in loaders and and you know locking myself into Webpack. Yeah. So so what you were saying exactly.
3: is that it's actually, draw like you were were you importing any kind of non-JavaScript resources like images or less or SAS or something, Brian? Yes, yes, I was. But then, uh, through a build step, it was removing that. Or I, I mean, that's that's the thing that is kind of makes me feel locked in. I guess is that you would have these requires to require in. Um, a SAS file, for example, or an image. Uh, and then, if I wanted to instead, let's say magically, uh, I could just use <coughs> vanilla ES6 modules, they wouldn't understand how to load in a, a SAS resource, potentially.
2: Yeah. And that's that's where I'm getting at with the preloader spec. You know, I, right. I would love to create one, and um, there are specific people. Part of TC thirty nine and other organizations who have expressed a like this is something that's missing in the web world right now. Um, uh, you know, Webpack discovered and kind of discovered this ingenious way of not only treating your JavaScript uh, inside of your kind of your application's dependency tree, but also other assets and and letting them be first class citizens, and so. Um, You know, the the missing piece is kind of this, quote, unquote, middleware or preloading that allows, you you know, that can allow people to use this kind of syntax or or maybe something similar, more generic um, that can be applied across the board. Um, But for most cases, you can get away with never having to, let's say, if you just ripped Webpack out and you still wanted to include, like, a, a an image or a CSS file, um, not through require. It can still be done through through plugins, um, but there's more work involved. So it's kind of a trade off. You know, how you know how much of a deep dive do you want to get into working with Webpack versus um, you know long term? You know, what's your level of concern of of I guess JS fatigue or you know whatever everybody is saying these days?
3: Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear that there's, um, you know, the TC39 is looking into into that. I think that's really exciting.
2: Yeah, and it, I mean, it doesn't fall into the scope of TC39 itself, and that's why I say at least sure. a few members. Um, it might sure. land up in the same place that the loader spec is. Um, if you actually go to the Webpack repository, uh, you know, uh, Tobias Coppers, who is the original author um, of Webpack, uh, actually created a spec you know, just as kind of an experimentation um, in describing how modules describe their own resources. So like in a perfect world, you would think that every package author, let's say like bootstrap had CSS and, and, and images, icons, et cetera, inside of its node module. Well, when there needs to be a way that that package describes to let's say a loader, a preloader or a bundler how to treat its non-JavaScript files. And so I think if you go to github.com slash webpack slash concord, uh, we kind of drafted, drafted out a really experimental idea that could try and solve this. And essentially, it kind of piggybacks off of using loaders, but really just says, when you install a node module that has assets, take a look at a certain field and look at you know, basically an object with key value pairs that say, when you come across an image, load it like this. When you come across a less file, load it like this. When you come across a SAS file, etc. cetera. Um, and I think, to me, in my opinion, that's the future of modules themselves, is that they will describe how, you know, their resources need to be treated. And then it kind of gets a lot of that work out of the way for for the, I guess, package consumer.
4: So in a lot of ways we're talking about creating a manifest at the start of a build process or as part of the build process?
2: Kind of a a manifest for a module itself that tells a build process how to treat it and process it for your project.
4: Okay. Well, I remember making like manifests our... back in the day when I had to make CDs. <laughs> Does anybody else have to go through that?
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean we're going crazy tangential, but uh, it's it's something that's super interesting to me. Um, and I know that once we drop Webpack two and get it out of beta, like it's going to be one of the things on my personal hot list that I want to continue to investigate because you know a migration path, whether it be uh, Webpack for anybody in the future, or maybe you know, uh, allowing other developers to be able to have a spec or frameworks or libraries that make it easier for anybody to just consume any no module instead of having to deal with you know all these different you know Bower versus npm or. Um, all these different bundlers having to have special treatments for what we call broken modules like jQuery and Bootstrap and you know anything that lives in the global you know var scope. I think that that's really the next big task that I want to accomplish after Webpack two. So what's keeping Webpack two in beta?
0: So, um, I heard it's that Sean Larkin guy's fault. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> It kinda is. We're well, down no. the street. I heard every sigh.
2: So <laughs> the core team makes these decisions, you know, as a whole. But uh, you know, we we listen to what every single person has to say, or opinions, or complaints, et cetera. And and one of the biggest complaints about Webpack is that first time users couldn't go to our documentation and learn how to use it, and that it was a terrible experience. And so. As a team, we decided that it is our number one priority and goal to ensure that we have a minimum set of first-time user experience documents that are not only Webpack 2 scoped, but also kind of let them see the forest for the for the trees or understand why you use Webpack and, and what problems this is solving and maybe kind of... Uh, help bring things a little bit higher level to allow you to understand and use it. You know, the current documentation is really great for existing users, and it gives you the what, but it doesn't give you the how and the why. And so we're trying to fill in those gaps. And And, and basically we said, until this is done, we will not release Webpack uh, 2 from beta.
0: Well, that's actually, I mean, that's good to hear because I... I... I, I agree. Um, so, I you know, at SitePen, I'm a user experience designer, but um, at the same time, I've worked around, you know, these guys for like, or some of these guys for like, you know, over 10 years. And, you know, I've done a lot of JavaScript and, you know, just general, but, I, you know, I'm not like, I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time learning all these intricacies when, you know, I'm just blunt forcing my way, trying to make stuff work. And I don't care about globals and stuff because I'm just like prototyping things, but on. You know, personal stuff. Uh, you know, I did a site for a friend, and um, you know, I was I was looking at some of this stuff, and I, and I looked at Webpack because I heard uh, you know the team talking about it um, at some point last year. Uh, and so, you know, I went and I was like, oh, it sounds like a good solution to my problem because I was loading all these resources and stuff. Um, I still don't have it all set up properly, but I I don't really care anymore. Um, but anyway, I went to the site, and it was like, okay, I know, I understand what it's telling me but it did take me like quite a while with a pretty decent understanding of what it is and how it works just to get it running and, you know, working properly. And that's definitely something where, um, you know, I struggled, but then I also have like a team I could just go to and ask if I got stuck. So like I was a little bit ahead of the curve there I, or, you know, I, I get the perk that most people don't get, but you know, I it definitely good to hear that that that's the case because, you know, I knew that I was like, wow, if this is this hard for me, you know, I can only imagine like the the person who just wrote yet another toolkit and posted it on Reddit yesterday, if they tried to use Webpack, they would be like, whoa, I don't know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like the thing is, is that uh, even the most well-versed and well-experienced engineer, you know, in JavaScript struggled at a first time approach to Webpack because, I mean, for a variety of reasons. One, it's a paradigm shift because, the browser is no longer your global scope of concern for all of your dependencies. Instead, now it is Webpack, and you know it's being done as a dependency graph instead of you know just this willy-nilly global land. And um, so, so that's one thing, um, and it's starkly different from Grunt and Gulp because these are task runners, which can con. Catenate files together, but they have no understanding about what dependencies are needed, and they can't just only include things that exist and and remove the parts that you don't use. And so understanding those two things right there is huge in itself. And and like you said, literally, I mean, there there is no first time like user journey is how I like to kind of describe it. There needs to be a user journey in in terms of learning how to understand a certain tool. And, you know, some people might say, well, look at the source code. Um, Webpack source code is no no easy task to kind of wrap your head around. Um, Yeah, that's
0: pretty much a non-starter. I mean, we went through that in the early days of Dojo, too. It was just like, oh, well, just look at the source code. You know, no documentation, look at the source code. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not really a great solution for anybody. And, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely... Yeah, I have to confess that I'm a bit embarrassed just because I I am actually running Webpack through Grunt for no particular reason other than I had a Grunt (laughs) task already set up. Sure. And then when I added Webpack, I just added it in, and I didn't really feel like messing with it after I finally got it working. I was just like, good enough. It's doing most of what I want, and I just kind of went from there.
2: (laughs) And I mean, there's there's no shame in running those together because, I mean, Grunt is a task runner, and Webpack is you know, just one task in your list of tasks that you need to run if you do. It's just the idea is that instead of having separate tasks for image, image processing, CSS translation and, post and pre-processing and HTML template inlining, concatenating your JavaScripts, etc., that is all now underneath the umbrella of Webpack. So you might end up just having a one, a one task or one step grunt file.
0: Yeah, that sounds like so, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you also uh, work on Angular CLI, right? That's correct. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so I had my first opportunity to
2: go to and speak at a conference um, when I went to NgConf this year, and um, I had no idea what the Angular CLI even was, uh, but I did my workshop on on Webpack. And um, and then I learned about what the Angular CLI was, and I looked into the internals, and I was like, wait, what the heck is going on? Why is this using System.js and, and Broccoli? And so, you know, I kind of approached uh, Hans Larsen who is kind of like the lead Google uh, maintainer or on the core team for the CLI, and then uh, Mike Brocky, who is kind of like the community lead, I guess you could say, and, you know, I was like, hey, what, can we do Webpack here? And they're like, huh, yeah, right. It's like, okay, well, I guess that's fine. Um, I think for a variety of reasons being, one, they weren't really familiar with the tool, didn't understand the benefits, et cetera. Um, and, I mean, the work involved in doing it. And so I guess for about maybe three or four weeks, I kind of, you know, just forgot about it. And then there was a hackathon that for... <clears throat> excuse me, for Angular 2 and Brocky was actually on my team for it and we used the CLI. And so like one of the things that people, and it wasn't implemented yet, of course, and uh, but almost everybody for this Angular 2 hackathon used the CLI because it was easy to quickly create a Angular 2 application without going through the hassle of the setup. Um, except we all realized that it uses System.js, which is a module loader and not a bundler. And so all its that System.js is designed to do is to dynamically request modules um, in the browser runtime. <laughs> and so uh, what we found out is that including our application and a bunch of other people's uh, on the kind of deadline for this hackathon is that, like, everybody's applications and and you know entries were taking up to 10 minutes to load because it was trying to process 300 400 requests because that's how <laughs> no that's because essentially system js is serving up all your Node modules that you're using um and so I was like all right this, this is it you know i finally experienced or you know had a reason or motivation it was kind of a moment of frustration because uh, you know, we kinda had to switch things over to Webpack at the last minute and you know, we got second place, but uh it was just, you know, like dang, I can't believe people had to experience this. So um, first place. Oh gosh, I can't remember. It was something really awesome though. It was a uh it was like was it this, a bundler? <laughs> it had nothing to do with a bundler, but I think they did use Webpack. Because uh, it did load pretty quickly. Um but long story short, I think a few weeks after I submitted an issue on GitHub that kind of, I guess, uh, stirred up a little controversy with the CLI team and the NG team and maybe kind of ruffled some feathers. And, uh, but it also got the community kind of buzzing. They're like, yes, we should do this. There's no reason why we shouldn't. And, you know, all I was saying is that Webpack should, we could replace system JS and Broccoli and the Angular CLI build system and immediately out of the box, you get all these crazy benefits. So like source map support and um, awesome integration with testing. And uh, you get lazy loading and code splitting and code chunking. And, um, you know, all all of these things that add up to not only a really great developer experience, but at the same time without sacrificing performance. And so... Um, I think maybe a couple weeks after <laughs> somebody was like, "Hey, jump on this slack and I want I want you to take a look and see if you can help us get webpack in the in the angular CLI And so I guess the ball kind of got rolling from there and so we you know it was a, a longer process at first only because I had never used the angular CLI or looked into the internals, but the way that we implemented it is essentially... Webpack, in terms of defining it, or in common projects, you'll see a a configuration file. And Webpack just reads an exported module from this JavaScript file and parses through all the properties. Well, we didn't want people to ever concern themselves with what build process is being used, and so we blackboxed this and used the Node API instead, um, and thought of 80% or 90% of the use cases and covered them and uh, I think as of let's say two weeks ago uh, it's now the official at latest npm package so you could go uh, in your terminal and do npm install angular-cli-g and you will have webpack uh, processing all those files behind the scenes
0: that's really cool Um, so, speaking of latest and greatest, um, I think that one of the topics we were going to talk to or talk about on this episode, um, I, I'm guessing it was written by Nick because it says Vim on there. And I don't know if everyone knows this, but we've been on the podcast now for about 25-30 minutes and... Uh, Nick has been very quiet and he hasn't let us know that he uses Vim but he does yeah. um, oh I know Nick, he uses you, Vim why don't you tell us about that he's
1: been, he's been itching to tell again. us again back and forth.
0: Tell he's us been again. coding a
4: plugin to
1: tell us
0: that's what it is <laughs> well actually I think he's just been configuring his environment um, you know that's what I do I don't do
4: actual work I just
0: <laughs> he just yeah. configures it.
4: it it records his <laughs> podcast too and everything
1: <laughs> we're not talking Emacs here this is Vim so What's, actually, I
4: mean, hasn't Vim transformed into Emacs by now? Like, it, it's just it's just a few
2: plugins away, right?
0: right? Much I, less. I, I bet uh, there's a plugin to make it that way. Much less
2: control usage.
0: Quick, Nick, before we start yeah. talking again.
3: <laughs> before we jump into that, I actually had one more question for Sean, um, kind of about Webpack. Uh, and, and you kind of just give us the story about how you got into... Uh, being on the angular CLI core team, but I'm curious how, how you got started with open source and, and um, like what led you into a, uh, a core team member role on webpack
2: Oh man, it's a decent story uh, and I'll try to, so and it kind of it kind of dovetails around it all started with ng comps. like I am infinitely grateful that not only that this being my first conference, I got to go and speak there, but um, even just go in general, like that was my whole motivation for submitting the CFP. I just wanted to go and have a free ticket. I mean, at, that was my initial motivation. But I, I, didn't, I didn't realize where it would take me. And so, like, first of all, like, the recognition that it should be uh, at least brought up definitely goes to ng-conf and their team. But so essentially, you know, I spoke at ng Conf. Did the workshop, and the, you know, I found out really quickly a couple things. Like one, people uh, in the Angular community either one use Webpack but had no idea what the hell it was doing. Two, they use Webpack and kind of understood, but had no idea who quote unquote who Webpack was. What the direction for was it, and what the roadmap looked like, and then three, uh, nobody knew even who the author was or how they could help out or contribute, and they didn't understand, you know, a lot of the fundamentals of what it was trying to accomplish, and so like immediately I was like, oh my gosh, so this this needs to have more light, you know, so like the first thing I did. You know, was kind of I kind of hovered around a couple of the GDAs and uh, so the Google Developer Advocates like uh, Rob Wormald and um, her name is escaping me right now um, as as well as a few other people. I said, you know, hey, is there any way that we could get funding for this project? I mean, literally, the author isn't even a JavaScript developer full-time. He's a C-sharp developer full-time. He only spends about five hours on it, on his free time. And this is where it's at. It does this amount of incredible, amazing things, and he's only putting, like, 7% effort into it. Um, so, like, that I saw is such a huge potential. And so I was like, okay. Uh, they said maybe. Reach out to us afterwards, and so... Um, I think like the day I got home, I was, I was so anxious and I couldn't stand it. I kind of put myself out there and went on, um, Gitter, which is primarily where I've seen some of the core team at the time, like chatting, uh, you know, in the Webpack Gitter. And, um, so I just created like a private room and I like invited, you know, all the core team members. And I, I basically just said, I love what you guys are doing. I would love to be able to find a way that you guys could get more support. And I just asked them a list of questions like, would you ever consider being hired full-time? And, you know, how, you know, what kind of success mes- metrics would you see or expect from, you know, additional support? And, and how can... Um, is there a roadmap? Uh, is there a list of things that are going to be done for Webpack 2? And... Um, Gosh, what else? Like, how much time are you are you able to devote, and how much could you increase if this support was possible, et cetera, et cetera? And um, as the conversations, you know, started happening, like, you know, more and more every day, for maybe about the span of like two two weeks or three weeks, and an opportunity, I can't remember what it was. So at one time, I noticed just searching on the web. I think I was trying to look for a picture of Tobias Coppers. Because uh, his face is really not very many places on the web, um, and he doesn't have a Twitter. And so uh, <laughs> I, I saw just in a Google search that uh, JavaScript Air was hosting the entire team, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I have to, I want to be on this podcast, and I want to just simply so I can talk to them and like see them. No other reason. I just wanted to be a panel member. Um, and so, like, basically, I begged, uh, <laughs> I begged Luke Rebelkey to find, you know, connect with the right people and find somebody who'd be able to help me. And um, that led to somebody else who also, you know, reached out to Kent Dodds. And Kent was, you know, super supportive and was like, "All right." Uh, basically, asked the core team, "Hey, do uh, would you guys mind if Sean is, you know, on the show?" And you know, I told the team privately, I was like, "Guys." you don't have to feel any obligation for this. Like, so no, it doesn't matter. And they're like, yeah, let's do this. And so when the time came, um, I don't know if it was to save face or to save like promotional value of the, you know, the podcast or the website or what the reasonings behind it was. But, um, when Kent Dodds announced, uh, the episode, Essentially, it was our four faces and basically saying introducing the Webpack core team. (laughs) And so, like, I was like, oh my God, what? And um, so, you know, I just, you know, the day of the podcast, I kind of just chatted with them. I said, you know, hey, um, you know, I would love to be a part of the core team. Um, You know, I only have like one commit and a PR pending, but. I still think that uh, you know I'd be able to help out in a whole bunch of different ways and they're like heck yeah let's do this and you know we've been talking for about maybe a month or so uh, every day and so that it kind of like fell in my lap due to like a stroke of luck and I guess also putting myself out there and just being vulnerable and saying man I really want to be involved and uh, you know kind of just showing that I really for lack of a better term give a shit about the Feature of this tool and its success.
0: That's actually exactly yeah. how Nick started working at SitePen. <laughs> um, yeah. He's hoping I, one day he'll get paid for it, but for now, like he's <laughs> just really enjoying just, being part of it. That's true. That,
4: that's, like <laughs> I the, guess, yeah. that's like the common story. If you meddle long enough in an open source project, it, the responsibility will fall on you, right?
0: Right. Just be annoying <laughs> enough.
4: Just,
1: just yeah. be there. That's
0: also how Brian started with Dojo. <laughs> and <Zeitman.
1: laughs>
0: just be just be there and be annoying enough
1: and that's really how i keep my
2: job
0: yeah that is a really awesome brian story
2: oh thank you i think that's how brian figured out webpack too because he bugged the shit out of me for like a month straight every day
0: that totally checks out yeah Surprises that's to just, nobody. No, <laughs> yeah. that's
2: pretty much how i do it and i still i'm still like Every day, I have to convince him to give me like generic snippets of his config so I can use them in use cases and documentation. But we'll get there.
4: What not to do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> this, is, this is that, you, that first Guys, time user journey. <laughs> no, you, you know what? I actually have a lot of confidence in some of the plugin APIs. Brian knows what he's doing. I'll let it them does.
0: know that. Put <laughs> Complete <to work>. silence. Complete <laughs> just like, okay, well, if you know well. what to do, Brian.
4: Could you help me? <laughs>
0: no, I have work to do. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, it, it 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 was a kind of roller coaster journey, and, and it kind of happened like maybe a week after I joined the Angular CLI team, and so like things were so kind of crazy in flux, and like ever, I've been ever grateful and. um I I try to stay humble with it, and you know the opportunities. You know, being able to be on the Webpack core team. Webpack is a unopinionated tool that does not care about your framework of choice, your dev flow assumptions, et cetera. And so, like, there's so many opportunities that I've I've been able to have to work with all these different people, from Adi Asmani to Paul Irish to Like, people on the Edge DevTools team, the Chrome DevTools team, uh, you know, Yehuda Cats and ways to integrate with Broccoli or Ember. And, like, it's such a very humbling, I-never-feel-worthy experience, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I guess it's, you know, if anybody can take anything away from it, is that if you show that you ultimately give a shit and have passion about a certain tool or product and believe in it that if you just work your butt off and you show those people that, that anything is possible as sappy as that sounds.
3: That's awesome. And I thought, so the narrative I had in my head was because I've only really looked at Webpack through Brian telling me how awesome it is. And then knowing that you were um, working on it. And so I just assumed you'd been on it forever. Uh, But Knowing that it was just after NGConf, which was just in May, that's uh, that's really awesome. Just how fast you've really come to to kind take a yeah, uh, think... <laughs> piece of ownership in that community. It's really awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, and thank you. I mean, it it wouldn't be without you know some of the help and promotion of other people, um, but you know, I won't not give myself credit at least for just working hard. I'm by no means an expert in Webpack, um, but I think. If we as an organization can find companies and um, foundations to help support us monetarily and with manpower, that can give uh, us as maintainers the opportunity to maybe work on this as a full-time project and really take it to crazy heights.
0: Yeah, I think that's also a good... I mean, just... I think that was a good question about how you... I mean, it's a good story about how you got going in it. And, like, just just to to the people listening, um, like Nick's mom, and, and you know, it, it, it shows that like, if you get involved, I mean, it is true, but if you get involved and you are respectful and you are competent enough and you continue to put yourself out there and try and help, um, you know, you can, you can do a lot of stuff like these aren't, you know, I, I know that, you know, there are there are places where you know communities aren't very good, and then there's there's places where they are, and it's you know they by and large a lot of these projects aren't you know walled gardens. I mean, people are generally nice, and you know if you if you're respectful and and you go in there and try to help, like you could be part of it too. Um, And I think that's, you know, like nothing drives me more insane uh, than going on, you know, like Reddit and going into the JavaScript subreddit and seeing like this lone person go, oh, I just created this toolkit or I just created this thing. I just created this own my own bundler. And it's like, okay, cool. But like, that's awesome. You should really put that effort into, you know, these projects that are actually already done what you're doing and use that passion to push them forward instead of, Reinventing the wheel and doing the same thing, you know, like it, it's not untouchable. You know, well, you and, can, you and can make a difference. And oh, credit, gosh.
1: credit to yeah. the credit to the Webpack team for being open to a new te- new team member that that maybe yeah, totally. doesn't have all the best ideas, that doesn't have it all figured out, but is willing to to work with them and wants to. Um, so that's that's really cool to see in in an open source project.
2: Yeah, and I mean the same applies, like. Like, we have a open call to action for anybody who wants to help us maintain any of our core loaders and repositories. Um, you know, we have a whole list of them. And I think the GitHub issue is probably still open uh, in our issue list. You just have to search under, I think, issue label announcement. Is that, you know, one of my favorite parts about GitHub and open source is that I don't have to be concerned with whether you have one commit, you have a thousand commits or need to know anything about you besides the fact that you care and that you have a willingness to contribute and help out. And as long as you can do those things and produce great commits and PRs, then welcome. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from and how much experience you have is that we will find a place for you, even if you cannot decide. And that. And that will never change as long as I am part of the maintenance of this project.
4: Yeah, that's good to hear. It's always good when you can find a project that accepts um, people outside the project um, sharing their ideas and uh, bringing in new pull requests.
2: I mean, like in a perfect world, I would love if, like you know, Guy Bedford of SystemJS, uh, which he's actually done a little bit, and it's it's it was really insightful. We had him in a core team meeting um, discussing some interoperability, but like, and then Rich Harris when he has some time. I know, like most of these toolings have just zero time because we're consumed by them. But like one weekend a month, or like one day a month, we all. You know, swap projects and go and help triage issues and and do all these kind of things, um, you know, to to kind of keep that perspective open and competitive and, uh, you know, like that is diversity to me in code is where you have people who maintain other projects, you know, actively helping support other projects at the same time. And especially when it comes to things like oh, system versus Rollup versus Webpack, um, that's an idea I want to experiment uh, with at least in the
0: future. Like. Um- like, what do you mean by that? Like, uh, you know, create some drama and like take over their community too. You know, just like show up and become a core maintainer.
1: Show up on a podcast and be like, yeah.
0: He'll I'm accidentally be added over. to the core team no, by someone who God. just puts his image on a tweet and suddenly he's like, I think I am part of the core team, guys. Uh, no,
2: says no. So. let's just make some decisions.
0: Like... <laughs> Disappear the project. Go, Check...
1: He's going to go edit Wikipedia and add himself to all the projects. <laughs> No, yeah, I've been I'm, here for years. Being on
3: this podcast with us makes us all part of the Webpack core team too, right? <laughs> this is awesome. I accurate.
0: believe
4: that's true. Yes.
0: <laughs> I've read that in the Wikipedia entry I'm editing right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I mean is everybody helps contribute in some way, and that can, contributions can be anything from like submitting PRs and triaging issues and, you know, just learning these respective code bases. I think that like and this isn't to knock on these companies uh, because they've been, one, extremely supportive and and highly resourceful and, and helpful. Um, and, you know, we're collaborating with them right now. But I have found from these framework teams very few people who have been willing to actively contribute into Webpack itself as a project. And it's a variety of reasons. But um, if I had, you know, those kind of, Well, I shouldn't even say that, you know, being able to have a variety of people with little to no experience can help really create some awesome ideas and discussions in terms of the future of the the project itself. Um, and so like, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to, you know, help do in the future is just continue to find more ways to get people involved. And, you know, it's a huge challenge for every open source project. Um, but it's it, it's one of those that's really on the top of my priority list. That's
4: that's actually a good point. When when you get people involved, even if they have very little experience in the project, it gives you a perspective of the the new person joining the project and what challenges that they face. That somebody that's been on the project for, I don't know, ten years, like Dojo Brian, uh, you know, might not have that that introspection in when you're when you're super close to a project. Yes, absolutely. You mean
1: not everybody knows what I know.
4: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what the heck? Not everybody can make magic from you know little dojo pieces and widgets and things. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. I I've, I've been trying to do that as well. Uh, I I do a a meetup and just talking to people and figuring out where they're at with different projects is is a huge help. And so if you're an engineer, you can likely, I don't know, complain about things. And if you want to get involved what? with a project, that's a great place to start. Being like, this doesn't work the way I think it should. And either get on Stack Overflow or file some issues. And if, if it's working as, do- as as it's supposed to, then complain about the documentation or, or you know, move the documentation yes. forward with example libraries yes. or PRs for the documentation or create a website around it or get yourself invited to a radio show, you know, things like that.
2: Exactly. And I you couldn't have said it any better is that I mean and that's one of one of my huge motivations for like spending or as my wife would say, wasting like four to five hours <laughs> four to five hours a day on Twitter, literally just going to the search field and typing webpack and reading every single tweet. I, for the most part, every day will read every single tweet that
0: contains the word Webpack in it. And You don't do it, that on YouTube, though, right? I do not. Uh, okay, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Well, I mean, it, maybe gonna I should. Create a, I'm going to create a bot that just puts Webpack <laughs> into random things. Well, I think <laughs> that uh, Nick has one that plugs into Vim. Sure. There you
2: go. (laughs) But I mean, the point is that I find those people who are hating on it or have issues or questions. I mean, most of the time they're just voice, their voice goes unanswered. And so whether or not it's really a a medium for just venting, uh, it's an awesome opportunity to tell people, hey, I hear you. We hear you. The team hears you. You should take this criticism and put it right into, you know, our issues or instead of hating care hate on it and give us a great you know suggestion you know or proposal or something like that we are 100 percent open to any idea any idea except for anything that's dynamic because Webpack will never be a dynamic loader but besides that there's there's endless possibilities and we are totally open to, you know, changing the way that we do things because there are lots of areas of opportunity.
4: You know, it sounds like you could automate that Twitter search and just, you know, have a robo answer for all of the web pack haters. Oh God. Save yourself well, five and six hours.
2: <laughs> well, I mean everything, yeah. you know, th- that's the thing is that I think the person like, the personal response kind of speaks to people and, um, you know, I'm a social person anyways and so I don't mind it. Uh, it does eat up sometimes uh, but a lot of times it's worth it because one, you know, it's connecting with people who, let's say I had no idea who they were but, you know, it could be somebody who's a huge maintainer on a project or something like that. Um, uh, and you can find out a whole bunch of different... Uh, you know perspectives and ideas and people are out there writing articles but hey would you adapt that article to you know our new documentation page and we've you know we I've had that you know a few times and we've been able to add that to our docs and um, the funniest ones though are (laughs) the twitter bots that automatically take any vulgar language and post the commits for them well (laughs) those bots Well, also, so, like, if something was, like, F Webpack, well, I'll go to that tweet, and I'll look inside the commit, and I'll I'll drop a little message on the line, and I'll say, hey, Webpack 2 would probably help solve your problems, and if you have any questions, just let us know, and nice job on this, (laughs) and, you know, you get some, like, really creative responses, they're like, Thanks. It was just venting. Do you have like a bot that automatically finds all commits or something? <laughs> it's the Sean <laughs> bot. Our team is wanting to know this. And, uh, you know, like you get some kind of creative like feedback back from it. But and yeah. You,
1: resp- you respond back. No, I'm just crazy.
2: Yeah, that that's usually my response or like the <laughs> okay. I just gave. But I mean, essentially, you know, it's really it's very rewarding, or the return on investment is pretty high because you, you get the community buzzing, and when the community buzzes, you know, the support kind of comes with it. And eventually, hopefully, then support leads to more funding and support and contributions. And so hopefully it's just kind of this waterfall effect.
4: So you've seen a lot of traction from responding to people on Twitter?
2: Oh, God, yeah. I mean, even since, let's say, ngconf. Man, let me see if I, I can pull up the metrics. Um, mpmtrends.com. So just looking at the metrics, we have seen a, holy crap, a 200% growth in six months. So take that for what it is.
3: Nice. That's really
4: amazing.
2: So is it all attributed to that? Yes, no, maybe so. I don't know. Um, just go
4: ahead. Take the glory for it. No, I'm
2: not <laughs> Yeah, no, I would,
0: I would definitely.
4: It was all you. It was pretty much it. <laughs> um,
0: that's what I hear. Stop. Um, do you know, though, if you had five to six hours a day, you could be playing, like, a Vive or something. Like, that's what I oh, would yeah. do at that time instead of Twitter. But Well, you it's know. just,
2: like, things that I'm doing, like, all right, so, like, standing in the checkout aisle or, like you know at lunch or like in a really terrible meeting sorry work uh, or like um, in your car driving to work n- no <laughs>
1: watching presidential debate because
2: that <laughs> that's illegal um, and the, like there, it's just all these times where that time is already kind of eaten up but you can get away with it because you can pull out your phone um, but yeah I mean, but it's so important to be able to have a voice that responds to people. And I, I don't know, like I've seen the benefits like already and I, I, I can't say like I'd regret it.
0: No, it's really, it's really great. Um, I think it's very, I just getting people that are that interested in like that. Um, I guess passionate about, about these things is, you know, what makes these projects great, you know, um, just like technical superiority or, you know, perceived sex, superiority. it doesn't matter. Like if, if the, you know, people behind something aren't passionate about it and trying to you know, push it forward and really actually care, then, you know, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference unless, you know, yeah. someone else someone's really, you know, cares who's in, in that position. Absolutely. It makes a big difference. (laughs) Totally. And like
2: I want to learn more, or I want to be at the point of knowledge where I completely understand all the APIs. Um, But I think it's also important to find those who are more brilliant than me and give them the kind of bootstrapped onboarding required to basically take their talents and understand webpacks, you know, internals and plugin system and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to make and help improve and contribute. Is that, you know, you're you're always gonna find somebody who's smarter than you. And so like, if you can just find somebody who has the passion, but also the talent and, and kind of that savvy to be able to um, understand the code better then you know, you've just added one more, you know, awesome contributor to the list of people who are already supporting it. And maybe a future maintainer, etc.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's <laughs> that's a good place to leave it. Um, we're gonna uh, we had a couple other things we were gonna do on the show, but I think that it's I think that this has been awesome, um, and so we just cut that stuff and said let's just keep talking to Sean. Um, although. I think Paul said that Brian should freestyle rap at the end. So, <laughs> Oh my that, <laughs> that's here we go. Not... Brian. Oh no. She's here. This is your time right. to shine, Brian. I, I don't, I don't hear a beat. A beat. Um, I need a beat. There's, there's no beat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, <laughs>
1: that was a really weak beat. I can't, I, I can only do it to good beats.
4: Yeah. None of us can, can drop good beats. You, you're on your own, Brian.
3: Oh, <laughs> <sighs> So, as I mentioned, uh, Sean, you were a speaker at uh, Nebraska JS Conf um, this yes. past month. And uh, we did get that on video. And I watched the video this morning, actually. And it looks oh, amazing. You did? Really? Did. Yeah, it's not out yet. We're uh, just uh, finalizing some assets for it. And oh, then it, it should be out. Me. I
1: know.
3: <laughs> it should be up by the time that uh, this podcast goes up. So, uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes.
2: Oh, that's so exciting! I mean, it'll be like the first time I get to cringe watching myself talk about <laughs> Webpack.
0: But like, and then you the could do it listening too. You can watch yourself and then listen to this podcast all in the same day, and just cringe while you check Twitter.
1: And then you could probably Webpack the video.
0: Yes.
2: Uh, technically, yes, yes, absolutely, you could. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited. One, so I can just take away with. Like, I know some of the things I missed that I should have talked about during uh, Nebraska JS Conf. Um, Like, just some awesome, like, extra juicy features that come out of the box for first-time users. Uh, but, I mean, overall, I was really pleased with, you know, how it went. And so I'm super excited to see it. Um, yeah, I was too. Although I mean, it, there will a be a lot video. of cringing. <laughs> for me, at least.
1: That, that means that you did good, if you yeah. cringe at it,
2: at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know
1: That's how I operate in my daily life Like work Mirrors. Just life in general
2: Look at your Listen. PRs and then cringe
1: What PRs? <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly You'd have to do something <laughs> uh, Oh that's great. Um, cool Yeah I guess if I had to plug anything for Webpack I mean I, I don't know who your listener base is But um, It's Nick's mom it's, um, yeah. Well, is it Mrs. Nisi? Mrs. Nisi? Mrs. Nisi? Mrs. Nisi? She is a saint. Well, if <laughs> <laughs> if anybody is interested, in, let's say as a company that wants to not only uh, help contribute to open source, whether it be monetarily or through man hours or through um, you know, Some. anyway, they can reach out to me and kind of give us. If they're not sure how they want to, you know, contribute or support us, you know, we can give some suggestions and, uh, you know, talk about what our, our biggest needs are and, and help out. Or if you are somebody who just wants to get involved in Webpack, you can always just follow me on Twitter at the Lark in, or just make a tweet that's hashtag Webpack and 85% of the time I'll see it. Probably I will find it. I will find it. So make 10 and he'll respond to 8.5 of them. Yes. That's true. Exactly. There's a good probability I'll see one of those 10. And, um, or you can just find me on GitHub or, or some in issue. And yeah, if you want to, uh, we're always looking for support. I think the end goal is to be able to, you know, for all of us as maintainers to be able to work on this project, you know, at least 75% of the time. um, and give it the attention it deserves. I think uh, the only thing that's lacking now is, is you know the two million users that download it every month not taking for granted its necessity. I mean, I think it's just common in the JavaScript world is that <coughs> um, I guess an example is like a, a, a cloud hosting service. If that just was open source and went down, people would immediately see the impact on their company but if, uh, let's say, a bundler, you know, just stopped being open source and was supported, you know, people don't see that immediate impact. Um, and, it, and really the awareness needs to be more about where can we take it and where do the dollars kind of convert in terms of revenue. So, uh, like, I guess I'll just leave this, like, one statistic, is that for every 100 millisecond faster your page loads, Companies have seen a 1.5 to 2.5 percent increase in total conversion, and for let's say companies like Flipkart, this has meant millions and millions of dollars of revenue increase. You know, for uh, I think it's called like Trainline, they saw a for 300 millisecond uh, decrease in their page load they saw like an $11 million revenue boost over like a very short period of time. Uh, Having a faster website is really what Webpack's goal is. And so, um, yeah, having, having people understand that awareness and hopefully contributing more and and supporting us as a organization will, will really help uh, return that investment for companies and people.
1: So if, if I implement this, I can make millions of dollars on my web page.
2: Um, if you,
1: I don't sell anything. <laughs> I just, I'm looking for several million dollar increase on my blog.
2: <clears throat> well, well I'm blog-
1: at least willing
4: to say you can like make like ads. ten times your current revenue.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, it it, it won't hurt anything. <laughs> what about freestyle well, you rapping? Can absolutely I hear that's <laughs> your ad
2: revenue. That that would happen. Yeah. Let's try. They've done metrics for that for like non-e-commerce pages. Any uh, people using ads, the whole point is that the faster page load increases engagement by like 75%. And so people stay on your page longer. And so you get way better ad payments and things like that for using like AdWords and you know, all those ad services.
0: You know, oh, it's gonna be The hardest site to keep people on is one that you go to, to find images of, um, loading indicators. Ah, <laughs> uh,
2: oh. yes.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, I'd bail out of that site so fast. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for being on the show Sean. It's been really fun. Um, and I, I hope that, um, you know you increase your ad revenue um yeah. even if you decide to pursue um beatboxing or whatever um yeah exactly Freestyle rapping like brian uh or neil um yeah so thank you very much for for that and also for all that you do with webpack um you know we use it daily so it's it's actually something that helps our revenue so that's awesome. Um, and this podcast, of course. This is where we make our bread and butter um, right here. Good. Well, uh, just, once, once Trump pays his bills, I mean, he owes us so much for advertising. But well, he, he said he'll pay later.
2: Well, thank you, guys, because really, Webpack is made and progressed by the community. Um, and so, you know, the direction that you want it taken, whether it be freestyle beatboxing, plugins and loaders, or, you know, like crazy Trump bill payment systems, you know, it, it's
0: in your guys. We're working on a, uh, we're working on a Trump script module right now uh, for Webpack. pack. So <laughs> look, look to that to land um, in November <laughs> on the day of glory as it will be known forever. Um, so yeah, check that out. Everybody look, keep looking for that. <laughs> for that <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Uh-huh. And thanks, everyone, for listening and Nick's mom. Or <laughs> thanks, mom. Nick's mom, for listening. All right. Bye. Peace. Out
1: to get you started. One, two, three, four. Count to get you started. One, two, three, four. count to I was rolling down the window Because I like to feel the wind blow We got to good It goes. Take it fast, take it real slow We got a good